This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Okay, today, Slops, you're in for a real big treat because we have with you, us, with us, and you, with all of us together, Maureen San Diego on the podcast. All the way from Chicago, and we have a wonderful conversation with her. Something's in the water in Chicago, honey. These drag divas are popping. I want to move there and start drinking that while I want to bathe in it. I need to get better at drag. And frankly, we talk about Chicago drag. We talk about abortions. We talk about Drag Queen of the Year and her preparation for it. And Judge Mathis we talk about. We talk about musical theater. There's a we lot talk of about my old high school. Yeah, it's a really good one. It's going to be a long one, and you're going to love it. You're going to love, love it. Seasons of love. love. I was actually thinking about Rent because her name is Maureen. 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 He, he, he. Mm-hmm. Moo jumped over <laughs> the moon. Right. Enjoy the and show. And you know what? I don't like talking about Idina Menzel. Forever. Dog. When first choice is a big old bus. You turn around and boom. You end up with us. Our number is 213-536-9180. Our email is sloppysecondspot at gmail.com. Now on with the show. Are you ready for some sloppy seconds, you stupid little fucks, you nasty little fucks, you dirty little fucks, you stupid little fucks? Hi, yes. it's me, Big Dipper, and that's Meatball. And welcome to Big no. Dipper and Meatball. Sloppy seconds with Big Dipper and Meatball. It's us. We made it another we- week, and he has risen. Do you yeah. do Jesus in Easter? No, I do not. I didn't even, I was telling Michael, I didn't know that they called this week Holy Week. This is the first I'm hearing of it. Is it because it, it pushed through on your um, uh, Apple calendar? No, because they were talking. You got the was, holidays on, on your iCal? No, I was talking to somebody about scheduling something and they were like, oh yeah, but they're all going to be closed for Holy Week. And I was like, Holy Week? I thought Easter was like one Sunday, you wave some palm fronds, and then it's over. I have it on the docket to talk a little bit about Jesus with our special guest. So without oh, further yeah. ado, let us bring on um, a very talented artist, uh, someone who stole many, many hearts at the Drag Queen of the Year 2021 pageant, all the way from Chicago. You know, this drag the- artist stole my heart at DragCon LA when they were dressed like a big box of Franzia wine. Uh, Let's welcome Maureen San Diego. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. Thank Hi, you Maureen. for coming. Yes. Do you have you gotten the microchip in your arm yet? The 5G? I actually got the vaccination like early on. I was like one of the first like guinea pigs because I oh. worked in an office that did like COVID testing. I wasn't doing the testing. People on the seventh floor were, but we got wrapped in in that. So I was oh, one of the first. That's lovely. Do you feel like empowered walking around the city? <laughs> Never. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Never. Like Over. Done. It, this, this didn't change that. Still <laughs> still walk with my head hanging low. Oh, my God. Tits, tits to the flow. So. This is so wild because you may be one of our first guests who is a drag entertainer that also has what I would consider a real job outside of drag. I mean, real. I, yeah, I don't like, I don't. <laughs> You have an office job. You have a day job. You do a second thing that isn't drag, which I think is so interesting. My real passion, which is vehicular title auditing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) My real, real passion. (laughs) Um... Uh, oh my god! Like I don't want to get too much into it because my boss actually listens to the podcast. Well, Shout oh, out! Oh yeah! Well, I saw you <laughs> post on Twitter. You were like, "Not, not me showing up late to work the day after the pageant." My <laughs> boss being like, "Great job!" Last night. <laughs> he is so sweet. Shout out to Ryan. He's awesome. Hi Ryan. Hi Ryan. One Wait, of the best bosses do, I've had in a while. I do have a question about um, 
car titles. I just get very what? confused <laughs> about. <laughs> That's the title of the episode. <laughs> it's actually we're actually doing car talk. Do you guys remember car talk? Oh yeah, I do you, there's that. so many episodes that they have recorded that they're still releasing new ones. Like it's a podcast now, and they just have so many episodes that's still being released. Isn't now that crazy? that's a partnership that can last the test of time? Talk about mm-hmm. banter. You need I to mean, get them truly. as a sponsor. How did I just remember my dad would listen and people would call in and be like, "My car's making this sound." Yes, and they were like, "Well, okay, open it up," and they would solve it on one episode. I don't understand. Not That's only a... are they, are they amazing um, radio hosts, but also uh, pretty great mechanics. Well, that's the sound my colon makes, so <laughs> can I call in and ask them about that? Do you think yeah. they'll know what to do? I think that they're was, dead now. That was actually the alternate title for this podcast was Colon Talk. <laughs> <laughs> that You guys should do a second podcast. Like, you should do another one. Uh, Doesn't Dipper, you already do like 20,000 podcasts, right? I do, yeah. but Meatball and I may be putting content elsewhere soon-ish and maybe yeah. we'll do colon talk and maybe we'll do yeah colon talk is a great one well you know we're stealing that we're stealing yeah. that idea it's all yours ladies <laughs> it was mine i said it no, I'm just okay kidding. but how did you find i mean pre-pandemic we're not going to talk about covid no one likes when we talk about covid yeah. but how did you find juggling doing drag and then having to get up and go to work the next morning like how were you able to do that and still be a sane person i really wa- wasn't able to do it <laughs> I really wasn't. I mean, okay. Um, It's funny because you learn how to compartmentalize. Like you have to compartmentalize and you're two different people. And I I decided very early on because I was working at this place called Career Builder, if you've ever heard of that. Oh, yeah. In their marketing department. And everybody was just very awful and toxic and like very, you know, beautiful, tall, white women telling me what oh, to yeah. do <laughs> and me being sad. And <laughs> I I think I talked about doing drag once and they were so dif- dismissive and like made fun of me. <gasps> so after that happened, I decided I'm never telling anyone I'm a performer at my office job ever again, unless they somehow like find out because yeah. I wanted what? to keep it so separate. What is that impulse? I mean, obviously, you just connected A to B saying that they sort of like mocked it or whatever. But even even like for me, like I I produce a lot of other things Mm -hmm. and I just use Big Dipper as the producing name because it's just easier because it's like queer content and it's all sort of like. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes I'm like emailing on behalf of some of our podcast talent. I'm like, hello, booking agent. My name is Big Dipper. We would like to book your person. Like, it's like a weird thing to sort of when you're not specifically in performer mode or up on a stage, it sometimes feels weird to get that attention. Right. Yeah, I, I don't I don't want that attention especially if people want to give me an opinion about it yeah oh (laughs) you know i I really did not need any of their opinions at all and sometimes people would find out and want to go to shows and i'd be like yeah um, i'll tell you about the next one like yeah totally (laughs) like i would never end up inviting them at all so it's like a fearlessness in front of strangers right you mean like telling them about like the persona and the drag or well the difference between saying yeah i do this versus just doing it blindly in front of a group of strangers when someone goes maureen san diego and then you you have the fearlessness up on that stage right it's like performing for your parents you yeah. know what I'm saying like yeah. i used to make this joke that was um <laughs> it's so bad my parents have never seen me perform as maureen san diego ever I'm sure they've found, like, videos, but they've never seen it. Um, Is that by your doing, or their, like, disinterest, or a little bit of both? Kind of both. They don't understand why I... They don't understand why it has to be drag. You Mm. know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. they're like, why can't you just call it something... They're homophobic. Um, But... But I think you broke it down very easily for Judge Mathis to understand. Was that his (laughs) name? Oh, God. Was I finishing a different thought, though? Because Judge Mathis is like a whole... Yeah, we'll get into your your TV. (laughs) But but I used to say, like, I'd go on stage and I'd be like, tonight, 
is a really special night because my parents are here tonight. <laughs> and then I'd say, just kidding. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're not. <laughs> Which is like really sad, but I also thought it was hilarious. I don't need my parents to see me perform to like validate what I'm doing. Like, I don't, maybe I used to need them to be like proud of me, but I don't, I lost that urge at like age 18 and was yeah. like, mm-hmm. I don't need it. And Meatball, you don't like it either, right? No. No. I don't they don't listen to the podcast. I know that a couple times they've watched a couple of my YouTube videos and I'll get like a it was cute until you started getting dirty. And I would be like, Well, that's when it started getting fun for me. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? So no. yeah, I don't like it. I they watched me perform once in Houston and I think that's all they needed to see. Yeah. I yeah. like my parent my parents like to be supportive as much as they can, but they always like like, you know, whatever. If I'm like going to perform uh in a dungeon in, <laughs> you know, Denmark for like fisting weekend and I'm the entertainment, they'll be like, Tell us about all of the uh uh European uh uh historical landmarks. That Did you, you get visited. to see a museum? Right. That's what they want to talk about is the travel and like not about the fact that like the creative artistry has led to international uh bookings. Yeah, I remember when I was on my way to the UK for my first tour over there, or my second tour over there, and I was explaining to my parents like the dates. They were like, So wait, what how long are you gonna be in each city? Like, what are you gonna see? And I was like, Oh, I'm in the each city for a day. And then I told them and they were like, That sounds like a lot of work and i was like are you just now realizing that this is a lot oh of work God. like yeah. what do you mean like i think they thought i was going on a vacation and doing one or two shows and i was like no i'm doing 13 consecutive shows with one day off anyway it's a lot of work to make all these ass-eating jokes and like show, <laughs> show your titties to everyone yes. like, th- th- there's not an understanding like they would be really upset if they saw my tits on Instagram and my grandma saw a picture once of my titties and was just like so appalled. Like, and they're super Catholic too. So oh, they're like wow. so wow. conservative. And I'm just like doing the saying the dirtiest things. Well, I want to ask because you 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 basically said it earlier when you said, you know, their perspective is like, why is it drag? Like, mm-hmm. do you think if you didn't identify what you do as being a drag queen, but you were like, I'm a comedian or I'm a burlesque performer. Or mm. I'm a, obviously there's no other category for what you do than being a drag queen. Like it's, yeah. you are the epitome of that, <laughs> but yeah. because, and what's the phrase you use? You say you're a female, female impersonator. Yes. And a fat, uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> a fat comma female yes, female. female impersonator i identify as fat and so but i think that's interesting because they you know the idea of like well obviously you're doing drag you're checking every single mm-hmm. box of what drag entertainment is but because of like the gender hoopla of it all it's like oh well can't you say you're just being a comedian yeah Thank you for validating me and my drag, by the way, Dipper. I appreciate that. Oh, uh, sorry. Was that condescending? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean that genuinely. Oh, I, I, I was like, you were oh, biting no. me, tearing me down for being. <laughs> no, I was, I was not being sarcastic. Okay. <laughs> that joke did not land. But you, you said very nice things that you tick every box of being a drag queen. Of course queen. you it's do. Very, it's very nice. Um, yeah, I don't think they would care if. Uh, if I was like, oh, I'm just a comedian, I, I think no matter what I said I was, it would more so be the things that I was saying mm. on stage and, you know, not being a good Catholic <laughs> person. <laughs> it's about your content. Got it, it. it. It's the content, but I feel like it makes it even worse to them that I'm a drag queen, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like I'm still trying to unpack to like white gay men with fanny packs across their chest that like what I do is drag and then having to like do that for my parents <laughs> is like even like a step higher not to- the fanny pack drag it's, first of all it's called a party bag uh, <laughs> um, first of all it's for my drugs so. so when did you first start doing drag was it in Chicago um yeah it's weird because I had been doing Maureen since I was in college, which was like 
2013 was when I graduated and I, I started doing Maureen, but I probably saw my first drag show when I was 18 and I was always obsessed with the art form of drag. But when I got to Chicago, I was still performing Maureen, but it wasn't quite to the point where there were, you know, female, female impersonators or mm-hmm. like cis women doing drag on the scene. And I remember when I would perform, um, one person in particular was like, I love what you do. You know, I think it was actually like a, a straight guy. And he's like, but like, you don't call it drag, right? Because if you start, <gasps> if you start calling it drag, that's offensive <laughs> to the mm. LGBT community. Oh, no. Mm. But that, but that was a lot of the, the rhetoric for real. Like I, I was kind of within the comedy scene and within the burlesque scene and within like, I was the variety act. You know yeah. what I mean? People didn't quite know what to call me. It was just like, okay, Maureen San Diego, this idiot, uh, she can come on stage. But it wasn't <laughs> like, it wasn't until like, and I would Google all the time. Like I would Google, I'd be like, are there women that do drag? And then I think there was like one that would pop up all the time. that was for like from San Francisco. And I would like walk down Boys Town and see all the drag posters and be like, I want to do that. I have no idea how to like break in because yeah. there, there wasn't there wasn't anyone that I guess was my gender identity that did anything similar like yet. Yes. Yeah. So that, sounds- that is so wild that sorry that you Googling reminds me of like Googling porn. Like, do people find Bob Hoskins hot? Question mark, question mark. <laughs> like, I want to, you know, drink his bathwater. <laughs> like, <laughs> is there a place for me in the world? Ask Jeeves. <laughs> right. Yeah. So how did you start? Like, how did you start getting booked at the clubs? And how did you start being seen as a drag performer instead of just like a... I don't know, a, a, a comedian performer lady <laughs> with a yeah. wig. Yeah, it was, um, well, I think I, I did my show, I did a show with a drag queen, like for the first time mm. with Lucy Stuhl, actually. And it was oh, Lucy. she opened so many doors. She really fucking does. Like Lucy, so much of why Chicago has amazing drag has to do with Lucy and her welcoming the weirdos because- she initially was the weirdo with mm-hmm. the bearded drag, mm-hmm. you know, doing that. And that was not accepted and like tis tissed at. But Lucy. Tis tisk. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Lucy was kind of like, yeah, like you should come around more, like come to Queen. And I just like took that as a wholehearted invitation. And I just like dove right in. Yeah. Girl, but that's how it works. That's if what you it show is. up in the, in the look, in the gig after mm-hmm. someone invites you, or even if you're not invited and they go like, Oh, she's bringing this to the party. I mean, my look at that time was not bringing anything to the party except what? devastation. But it was, it but was, it was something to look at. It was something to look at down in the basement. Mama. <laughs> I had like a Brillo pad, like on my, like it was, it was not the, no, but I, yeah, that was amazing that she did that. And she's done that for so many other like drag queens and different types of performers as well. Yeah. We love Lucy. Um, We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we want to talk about uh, your criminal court case. We'll be right back. Okay. You stole, you stole mama. (laughs) Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. When my fridge is stocked with Factor meals, I'm like... Oh, baby, I don't have to think about this. Mm -hmm. Like, it is so nice. The combinations are so good. I am a meat eater, but the vegetable options, there are so many. Like, I remember I had like a, it was like a mushroom with pasta and like a cauliflower rice. And I was like, the mushroom is filling. Like, there's plenty of uh, portion, there's plenty of vegetable, and there's plenty of flavor. And I am usually sort of not a microwave person. Mm -hmm. Very cool. 
that this quality of food can just be heated up in the microwave. And so fast. I also love it because I am a, a very much into ordering delivery. I and know. now having all the food there, I can kind of pick what I want and it's ready in two minutes. I don't have to wait an hour for stuff to get delivered. And these are way healthier options than ordering delivery. Completely. And when they have multiple things in them, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I cook for myself, all I'm going to eat is the biggest bowl of pasta you've ever seen in your life. But this oh, is yeah. like, you get a little pasta and the chicken and a vegetable all in one dish. Looking for gourmet meals try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp truffle butter broccolini and asparagus and factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping cooking or cleaning up all you got to do is heat up and savor the good stuff customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need pause to reschedule deliveries that suit your lifestyle and we're celebrating earth day all month long with factor look out for the earth month eats badge on the menu items for their lowest carbon footprint meals head to factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 and use code sloppy seconds 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code sloppy seconds 50 at factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's a sleigh, baby. And we're back. So you were just recently on Judge Mathis. Yes. Well, Can it, you tell us how that all came around and what that experience was like? Because it looked insane. <laughs> it was one of the, like, I had never felt more so like I was living in a simulation than that moment. Like, Brianna called me up. I think it was like the beginning of the pandemic. And she was like, um... Listen, like, would you ever go on the Judge Mathis show with me? Like, can I sue you or whatever? <laughs> like, uh, I guess talking about like the legality of it gets a little tricky because I don't want them to like sue me for like. No, oh. literally, everyone knows it's like casting. It's like fake, right? Yes, but half real. The world knows this. She, she can't say. She can't okay, say. that's fine. I don't. I don't know. Like maybe I'm too paranoid about it. I but- do know that some like the judgments are real, and I do know uh, like stories of other people that actually have gone in with real court cases, and they're leaving it up to God. But like, there's also the same effect where it's like sometimes it's just TV for fun. The court, but they physically like they filed the case at like small <gasps> oh, like whatever small yeah. claims court okay small claims court so it is like a real case but Brianna reached out to me and she was just like do you want to go on Judge Mathis with me and I was like oh, okay sure Brianna we're gonna go on Judge Mathis like yeah right like that's not gonna actually happen and I just kind of like it went away from my brain and then another day she called me and she was like hey the casting director or the producer wants to talk to you about like our case so we had to like kind of like go back and forth and figure out, you know, why Brianna what would sue you me. Oh, <laughs> her because it's real. Wait, so <laughs> it ended up that you took her job or something. What was the? What did you end up getting sued for? So essentially, I was booking my friend's wedding, and she really wanted a drag queen to like host the cocktail hour. So I had heard of Brianna and when she showed up, she like didn't look like her Instagram pictures and she (laughs) showed up like two hours late. So I didn't pay her like I didn't pay her because she was just a a mess, basically, was was the case. Wow. Yeah. And Brianna was like, um. She was like, no, like it was because I wasn't given transportation. I mean, you can, I think you can find, it's not on YouTube anymore, but the interesting thing was they knew I did drag and they wanted me to talk about it. And I was in the waiting room waiting to go on for the show. And I was like, I don't know if I want Judge Mathis to do, to know that I do drag. I feel like he's going to read the shit out of me because I'm like not dressed up. And like, I've seen the show, like he (laughs) he, (laughs) he digs in. He will not, like, let that one slide. Like, I knew he was going to come for me. And I told the producer, I was like, I'll talk about, like, being a drag queen and all of that. Because I'm like, I know that'll make, like, 
good television or whatever, but please don't let Judge Mathis like just <laughs> dismiss it. Like I told the producer this, I was like, please let it be like a teaching moment. And then I yes, wrote like a whole. <laughs> why we go to Judge Mathis for the yeah, teaching moment. We learn, we learn. <laughs> about, about the intricacies of queer identities. Yes, keep going. <laughs> Well, he's like, he's funny because he tries so hard to be woke, but then just fails miserably. But he's still like open to like learn. Like he's, he's very authentic, which I don't think you see a lot. Yeah. At least not, not on Twitter, but he's very like (laughs) authentically like, oh, I'm saying the wrong thing. But he said on the show, he's like, well, I know it's offensive to call you drag queens. And we were like, what? Nope. No, No, that's our preferred. That's what we like. We we prefer drag queen as opposed to what is that? I think he came from the pageant scene where (laughs) like, I swear to God, because he was like, well, the female superstars that I know, they're offended by being called a drag queen. They prefer female impersonator. And I'm like, what? Like. What in the Miss Continental? But that was like right, his. very much. Judge Beth is out at Clark's Diner at two a.m. with uh, <laughs> Sasha Colby and fucking Roxy Andrews after the page. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, speaking of pageants, yeah, yeah. we have a little competitor, Miss Mama, Miss Ma'am, Miss Ma'am. Yeah, what was it like preparing for Drag Queen of the Year? Uh, terrifying. Um, <laughs> why? Well. I'll, I'll tell you, it's like, not only, like, to me, I perform live, and that, of course, is, like, the preferred medium and, like, what I feel the most comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And it's like, not only are you not going to perform live, but it's you're going to be, like, Martin Scorsese and have to make, like, three movies, like, and right. do, all, yeah. do all of that. And I was just, I didn't know if I could pull it off. Because it also felt like a debut for me, too. Like, I wanted it to be, like, my best work. But, like, that, like, saboteur, like, gets in your head. And Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, can I really express, like, what my drag is all about through, like, a digital format? And how did you feel about what you put together? Because it was fucking great. I loved it. Thank you. I felt really good. Like I honestly, after I was done and sent them in, which was like a whole other thing because we were literally editing up until like the last like oh, ten, of course. Like 10 minutes before they were due. And I knew I had given everything. Like I had put every thought I could have put into it. Like I, I like literally it was the first time in my life where I was just like, I gave it a hundred and ten percent. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it like pushes you and you you grow from that no matter what, if you win, lose, or well, speaking of winning, I mean you won a you category, won which category is fantastic. The interview. Which was the category I was also the most scared for because I was like, is my Wi-Fi gonna like cut out? Uh, like what? <laughs> like I'm like, you're great at talking. You're, you're very funny. <laughs> but I was like, is my Wi-Fi gonna but it's yeah, no, but I once it was happening, it was like that part of my brain like clicked on and I was like, oh, it's fucking on. I had also seen everybody else's Q&As, which were good. But I was like, no, they were they were all good. But I was like, I'm going to make it something different and like more mm-hmm. so be in, in character. character. Yeah. Well, so which- speaking of character, um, you know, you talked about becoming Maureen San Diego. What is like one of the, because we all, okay, so I'll speak for Meatball. Meatball, one of the very iconic Meatball numbers is the McDonald's number. You Mm. had like multiple versions of the McDonald's look. Everyone knew you would throw out hamburgers. You would do the mix. People stole the mix from you. It became like sort of a, wait, did you invent Tina Burner with that McDonald's look? No, I did. I did. I gave birth to Tina Burner. (laughs) So... My question to you is when was what was like the first number that you were like, ah, this is like this is like peak Maureen San Diego. And and what was that? And do you still do it? Um, I don't still do it, but I did come on stage like one of my big entrances was in a recycling bin like. <laughs> <laughs> 
it, it was like a, it was a Chicago trash can that I stole, uh-huh. uh, basically. And I was like, I want to make like a big entrance for this show, but I don't know how to do it. And I saw a trash can and I'm like, oh, that's me. Like, I'll just pop out of it <laughs> and I'll step on stage like it's the most glamorous, like fucking thing ever. Cause I, and I also Isn't there of, a video of this? I feel like I've seen this. Yeah, there's 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 several. It was probably like 2016 or or something like that. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I also thought I'm like, well, that's my comedy. You know, you take something like you take like a a pile of like your shit, like all of the refuse, and you like plant a seed. Because usually that horrible stuff that happens to you is really fertile. So you plant a seed in it and then hopefully it grows into something. Like oh, at true. Least, at least interesting looking, you know. So I, I I love that. Although it got to be a pain in the ass to take a trash can everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Did you put all your drag inside of it and yeah. take it with you? Was it like the suitcase? Um. I wish I was that. It was really too filthy to like put anything inside it. Like. It was, except for your full for your body, human body. <laughs> like I care more about my my glamorous <laughs> costumes than my actual human skin. No, but uh, yeah. Well, I would be. I wouldn't. I'd try not to touch the sides. But if you drop something too far down, like you would not be. There were tips in the bottom of it. Like that just never came out. That just like got like attached. To the can. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. See, I was assuming you like found a clean one or a recycling can or something like that. You really, you're really dedicated. You are drag. You oh, are D R A G trash drag. Uh, let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about, yes, oh. Jesus in the toilet. That was literally the funniest thing. I love that number because I love, we're talking about your drag queen of the year performance mm-hmm. piece, which was you singing. Um, a song about was it about abortion rights? Yeah. Yes. And then you you put baby Jesus down the toilet and you flushed him. How did you come up with that? Um. Well, I. I mean, I had an abortion a couple of years ago. Woo! Uh, so it was kind of like very cathartic for me, at least, to like do a number that was kind of about that, but like yeah. make it make it funny. I was kind of like, how do I make abortion funny like and like get that message across you're like play the guitar with my labia exactly exactly (laughs) and um (laughs) it's funny that you say because i didn't even intend i didn't even get the symbolism that he looked like jesus that was completely on it like i that was just the person that i wanted to cast as like my son in a different dimension and he just happened to have like a big beard so i didn't even like get oh like oh, like it like was that. very we were over here being like there goes jesus bye i was bye. like layers <laughs> on layers i was this layers deep. judge mathis couldn't even figure out you know what i mean he would try <laughs> <laughs> he would definitely try but um the initial idea for like the sketch was like i have like a lot of lucid dreams And I had a lucid dream once that um, someone from like a different dimension visited me and it was my abortion. (laughs) Like if, if they had lived in like a, in like a different dimension where like you couldn't get one. And it turned out he was like a flat earther and like a terrible human being. So I was like. Wow, that's amazing. I feel like so many people have this sort of like opposite dream of like, there's so much guilt involved with having Mm -hmm. an abortion that like it's like oh he you know like the child would have been the next president or would have whatever you know it's like put all this like dumb guilt on yourself and i love that in your version of the lucid dream your experience you're like no he was he was an asshole yeah and i i think that idea of like a woman being ashamed of her abortion or an individual or person because women aren't the only people that have abortions. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of them being ashamed by it is very much perpetuated by like media and like soap operas and yeah. like oh, yeah. stories about, you know, the teen mom or whatever or teen that gets an abortion. And really, I think many women like don't feel ashamed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think one of the first things, I mean, of course it's like a hard decision and everybody's experience is very different. 
But I think like one of the first things I did, because if you're like a woman, like you're going to have a pregnancy scare like at least once if you're like, <laughs> or like fucking people. And I would look up like what celebrities have had abortions, <laughs> you know, just to like. Wow. Oh, wow. Well, who like, did? Stevie Nicks. You know, there's a lot. Like I'm actually sure a lot more of them have and just aren't open about it because they don't want the stigma that comes along with it, which is so dumb. Which yeah. is so dumb. And a similar thing also with um, miscarriages. I have a, a number of friends who have had miscarriages. And the more they sort of talk about it or or share that information with people, um, they find out like so many people have had miscarriages. Like, I think it, it, for some people, it's very easy to have a baby. And for other people, it's very challenging to have a baby. Just like, you know, we all experience life in different ways. And it, it is... You know, just, you know, throw another log on the misogyny fire that anything related <laughs> to like women's reproductive system like has uh, a like media perpetuated stigma attached to it. Yeah. And Stevie Nicks even said she was like, if I had that baby, Fleetwood Mac would never exist. Exactly. And for some reason that made me feel really like. That's incredible. Yeah. That's Did really you- empowering. Yeah. Um, t- I don't want to ask too many questions, but you said that your family is super religious. Did mm-hmm. they, did you tell them and was there like any issues with that? Well, they, they listen to the podcast. So no, I'm kidding. Hey. <laughs> oh, Hello, no. Mr. and Mrs. San Diego. <laughs> no, I, I, I did not tell them. I think there's like an additional stigma with being Catholic. I went to Catholic mm-hmm. school for. Oh God. 13 years and it was very much like ingrained you know don't have sex (laughs) and also don't have abortions you know you'll you'll go to hell and all of that stuff but no I don't I'm I mean it's honestly none of anyone's business but I do like talking about it because when I was going through it I was like I wish there was I wish I could talk to someone that had had one and like I want more people to talk about it because there's a lot of laws right now. I mean, in Alabama, it's essentially illegal to get an abortion. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's something that I think people forget about it sometimes, but it's, it's, it's not just a woman's issue. It's like an everyone issue. A hundred percent. And then back to the point of like, not just women like have abortions, you know, queer people have abortions too, non-binary yeah. people, trans men. Yeah. So I think like, yeah, I guess now I'm the abortion queen. I, I don't know. Now I'm like. There's Meatball and I are like TikTok lurkers. Um, where it's like we don't really we don't put anything out participate I have like a secret account but I will watch mine is not even secret mine is Big Dipper Jelly it's the same as all my other shit that has my photo on it I just have literally never posted a TikTok but there's someone who I follow or at least look at from time to time because she always pops up she's a um, I forget what the right term is She's there's she essentially is a volunteer like uh, abortion clinic escort oh mm-hmm. yeah and it is amazing to see what she posts because like she, you know, she has a crew of people and, you know, they all have shifts and they're in the parking lot and they have these like welcoming vests on, but they mm-hmm. also wear like protective gear underneath it. And they bring people, you know, they flag people down. They're like, okay, come park over here. And then, but they carry things like bells and bullhorns because the protesters have to be out on the sidewalk. They're not allowed to be on the property or they'll get, you know, arrested for trespassing mm-hmm. and they know that but they they yell at the 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 people coming in the families the 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 all the patients they have ladders set up so that they can climb up really high and like get over top of the escorts and and some of them even dress up in scrubs with a sign wow. that says like check in here and they try to get them before they turn into the parking lot and like That's send them so crazy. somewhere else it is so <sighs> fucked and then she she on her tiktok she just does really simple things where she like walks up and she goes like hey do you believe in the death penalty and they're like of course and then she's like okay like what are you doing yeah, what or is she happening goes, you know they're like they're like no embryo should ever be destroyed and they're like okay so what about ivf clinics that are just literally full of completely fertilized embryos sitting there are, why are you not protesting there 
So yeah. to me, the whole issue, the amount of people who just have a block in their brain where they just don't understand like empathy and the human experience is wild to me. Yeah. And I'm sure the amount of like Republican men who have, you know, got their mistresses pregnant and, you know, have paid for their abortions. And mm-hmm. then also there are clinics that are fake women's yes. clinics that will bring women in, pretend that they offer abortions and then basically elongate the process even more for these women and put them through this trauma of like making them watch these like horribly misrepresented like videos of like how abortion works. And in Missouri currently, there's only one abortion clinic in the entire state. Like, it's oh just, my God, it's just crazy. I think. Sometimes, you know, a lot of artists, like, they live in, you know, urban areas and cities where it's something that's so, it's easier to access, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's not in the front of your mind that, like, this is happening. But I even feel like, I actually just watched an episode of Seinfeld where, have you seen the one where Elaine goes into that restaurant and she finds out the guy isn't pro-choice and, like, all of the women, like, leave the restaurant? I think so. But it was like a real thing that people, I feel like, talked about. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like people talked about it a lot more, like, in the 90s. Yeah, I feel like it was something that was mentioned a lot more back then. Well, there's that movie on HBO Max uh, about uh, the the two, the high school students that they... One she one finds out she's oh, pregnant. Oh, she goes like all the way to New York or something. She goes to oh, yeah. uh, New Mexico. They have to go mm. to Albuquerque because they're like in they're either in they might be in Texas or somewhere else. But it's like the only place she can go as a seventeen year old mm. and get an abortion. And so they drive like ten hours or whatever it is. It was it was a it was a great movie, but it was it was it was su- it's a comedy, right? Yeah, it was such ah! a. But it was what I was gonna say. I know you were trying to like make a joke. But what I was going to say, it was it was like a lighthearted, friendly comedy that was sort of couched in this really serious um, sort of idea. But I thought it, it did such a great job at like destigmatizing and just being like, oh, this is something we have to do. Now the biggest issue is how are we going to pay for it and how are we going to drive somewhere? And on top of that, it highlighted the whole thing about access and, you know, availability. Yeah. I love that it put like a different lens on it instead of like the usual like depressing like this Girl. is yeah. <laughs> What's it called? Right. Unbo- uh, uh, whatever. Let's take a break. Well, let's while take a break. And then you can that's what it's it. called. It's called unpregnant. The unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yes, yeah. that's the name of the abortion Ooh. film. What <laughs> happened to that show? It got so bad. Okay, after the break. After the break. Did you watch Kimmy Schmidt? You're a comedian. You might choose your own adventure. Did you see the season where they did choose your own adventure? I stopped watching like halfway through the second season. I don't know. It just got to be the same thing over and over again. But I I love Titus. I will always Mm, mm -hmm, carry mm -hmm. a torch for Titus. He needs his own. Like when that was at its height, I was like, all right, now it's time for his story. Now it's time to see him younger. It's time to like get into that character. Did you. I grew up, I loved watching 30 Rock mm-hmm. and I loved Kimmy Schmidt. I love like the timing, the underscoring, the, all of that. But I have recently rewatched some 30 Rock and I, this was so, oh, it's also bad. very true on Kimmy Schmidt. All the jokes are race related. Yeah. Everything mm. is race related on 30 Rock. Did you watch 30 Rock? I never really watched mm. 30 Rock. No. Like, cool. yeah. Well, sorry. what were you? What were you? <laughs> What were your comedy inspirations? Because you do write very funny jokes. You're a ghostwriter for a lot of Uh girls. I make your favorite queens funny. I I wrote Utica's jokes, actually. Um, (laughs) Ah, Don't do that to yourself. Don't do that to yourself. (laughs) I speak whale. Um, No, but... (laughs) I grew up, like, watching... um, 
one of my favorite things, and it's weird to say this is a comedy inspiration, but I loved all of those clip shows on VH1. Like, <gasps> I love the 90s. I love the 70s. I love the 80s. And then also lots of Seinfeld. <laughs> lots of, like, The Simpsons and, like, the Comedy Central roasts. Were oh, like, yeah. For sure a thing. Um, I feel and like we, writing jokes is so hard. Do you find it hard? Um, no, no, I'm kidding. Wow. (laughs) No, it's really hard, but it's also, I don't think it's something that you're naturally good, that someone is just naturally good at. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you get good at that, good at that from constantly writing things down and like manipulating them. Mm -hmm. Sure. And in, in that sort of way. So I think it's something that takes a lot of time and repetition to get good at. And I think... If also a lot of writers don't perform, like a lot of people that write for shows, like are not stand up comedians. They're they're just they're just writers. So, but yeah, it it is really difficult. But I think actually doing stand up is more difficult than like that is hard. Like being funny without jokes, like just like telling a story. Mm-hmm. I think that is like the the peak of difficulty in terms of comedy have Hmm. you ever performed at in chicago it's a place called the lincoln lodge yes actually the lincoln lodge was the first comedy show that i ever did really (gasps) yeah in chicago let's describe it for me paul and then i want to hear about your first show i'm assuming that the walls are made out of tree trunks like a lincoln log well it's like (laughs) It's like a dead president's <laughs> themed, isn't it? Like Abraham Lincoln or... Ooh, maybe it's time to redecorate. <laughs> <laughs> well, it used to be at this diner, but I kind of missed that like grungy dive bar era of the show. I never did it when it was at... There was literally a restaurant called The, the Lincoln Link- Lodge. Yeah, and that's was- what I'm talking about. Yeah, and there's a giant like sign of Abraham Lincoln. Ah! It was and like they, an old diner that you would mm-hmm. go in and it's just like, it's like um, the entire wait staff were like women in their 60s or early 70s where they are serving you food, but you're like, do you want to sit down? Like, it would be like 1030 <laughs> at night and you're like ordering chicken fingers. It's like, why are you working now? Like, why are you on the late shift? Like, you should you Can't should you get your grandkids home. to fill in? Yeah, exactly. And so there was this diner and then in the back room was where they did the comedy and you could sit and not eat, but you could also get like full table service for all the diner food. Mm. Mm-hmm. And they, I remember the Lincoln Lodge used to, it was sort of iconic they had a setup someone figured out the tech where they had sort of like almost like a billy on the street type Mm -hmm. um aspect to pretty much the majority of the shows that they would run there i felt like where a a comedian got booked to be out on the street and they would be out on the street with a camera and they would interview people and it would live stream into the little like dive bar uh, and you could never hear if anyone was laughing, but you're out there trying to like do jokes with passerbys on the street. They should do that at drag shows, honestly. Wouldn't that be hysterical? <laughs> I'm like, so good at it. I've been doing it for years. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're the you're the queen of that. Like whatever oh. show, like now with digital, like if you just get someone like filming live on like an iPhone and stream it oh, into that's the bar. So true. I should try that. Except for I think I own, I tried to do that at the beginning of COVID, but then slowly I was like, I don't want to be anywhere near anybody. I don't wanna, <laughs> I don't want to have to hold a mic on a fucking thing like 10 feet away from me. Was there anyone to even talk to? No, I went to WeHo and there was nobody out. I, I thought I, when I made that video of me driving through WeHo and screaming, you thought you were going to Puerto Rico. I thought I was gonna. Go, I thought I was going to visit <laughs> Shangela. I was going in there and I was like, oh, literally, no one's out. Like all the bars are closed. And I think that in that moment, in that video, you can see it dawn on me that like this is the end of the world. Where I was like, well, <laughs> no one's out and. This is really sad. And then I was like, on the drive home, I was like, do you think it's going to be like this forever? You should have gone to like COVID testing centers and like uh, done bits with the line. Well, see, had had (laughs) I known that you could have helped me back then, I would have been asking you for jokes a while ago. That's right. 
I want to ask you about your look. You have such a, a specific look in drag that, like, you could put that face on anyone and they would be like, that's Maureen. Because Girl. I remember the first time I saw you out of drag, I literally sent the picture of you to somebody and I was like, this is Maureen? And they're like, I know, gorgeous, right? Gorgeous. Aw. Yeah, I, I think it's like, I, I'm blessed with a very high forehead. Okay. So, and and obviously, Divine is one of the inspirations. Jackie Beat is one of the inspirations. Mm-hmm. Jacqueline Beat. Jackie Beat. She got that new face. Yes. Honey. Phil, she got her chin pulled back. She got yes. this done, and I think she maybe has some on a, a lift or some sort. While you're oh, there. She you're all great. right, though. You do have, like, a lot of forehead space. Yeah. yeah those eyebrows go all the way up. Honey. I have an unfair advantage. You do. Um, with- <laughs> and it's just the forehead space. <laughs> but also, you have, like, the signature um, purple wig mm-hmm. that you, like, I could spot you anywhere at a drag con. When did you decide that, like, that was going to be your thing? I don't know. I mean, I was, like kind of obsessed with Dame Edna before like she became sure. a, a fucking transphobe but I really did like love the idea of yes same color hair always mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. for the most part unless I'm doing like like if I'm dressing up as Gordon Ramsay or something silly like I've 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 deviated from that like a little but I I love that like branding and the big glasses and like to me I guess the biggest inspiration for the look was Phyllis Diller because she always, it was very, it was very formulaic. It was always the glittery house dress, same wig, gloves, the cigarette holder. And like the reason she had to dress like that is because as you know, one of the first female stand-up comedians, you had to look like a joke in order to tell jokes. Mm. You know, you had to be like a non-threatening figure. Yeah. Um, and I just I kind of love that. I'm obsessed with that era of stand-up where there's like literally only like three female stand-ups that were working on like the entire planet, like within the mainstream, meaning like Phyllis Diller, Moms Mabley, and Toady Fields, and they all kind of had that where it was like the look was consistent and like that sort of brand. I love when a drag queen is consistent in a look because I, I like like kind of knowing what I'm going to get look wise, but not knowing what they're going to say. Like, that's why I love Jenny Lemon. That's why I hate Tina Burner. It's just like <laughs> what you're what you see. I'm just <laughs> but she honestly, is, it's a brand. It's, it's a, a brand. brand for her, she but... looks like Hulk Hogan. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I love I, I love Tina. I love Tina Burner. I really, really do. I love that type of queen. I love yeah. I will always hold a torch for the campy comedy queen. Okay, so we have reached the end of the show. Uh our last segment is called Fuck Fuck. So let's get freaky deaky. Now you said earlier. Um, that anyone with a uterus has probably had, depending on the sex that they're having, a pregnancy scare. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to immediately pipe up and make it about me and say, if you're a faggot, then you've had an HIV scare. Oh, yes, Uh, you have. (laughs) But essentially, um, for people who we interview who are not um, just sort of like gay dudes, fucking gay dudes, I'm always curious, like, are we gross? Do we just want to do too much sex? Are too much gross? the time, and I'm talking about putting hands in butts and stuff like that. Does that gross I, people out? No, I <laughs> love it. I love it. It makes me feel like uh, I love sluts. I just love it. The I've, more, the merrier. You know. Have you ever been downstairs with a jackhammer, just taking a peek? I did. Two shows downstairs at the Jackhammer. See, two, this is what we need. I love that. Two full cabarets. And like, I think that sort of sexual freedom, like we need, we need more of that across the board with, right. just, with, with everyone. As long as, you know, it's consensual and safe. Like I'm all for being a big old dick pig. There you go. Honey. <laughs> That's it, mama. Do you, now, yeah. Go ahead. Do you have go. any wild or weird or uncomfortable sex stories that you'd like to tell on the pod? 
Um, so many. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, Amazing. Yeah, let me think. Oh, I should have. I should have had one. That's okay. While you're, while you're thinking, Dipper, do you have any fun ones coming up? Coming up? What are you doing? In your brain, do you got any? Well, because now you're vaccinated. You got any plans? I, I am making plans after my second vaccine. Yes, of course I am. Any wild sex party? No, it's just what's happening is I'm now actually on the apps. Like <gasps> before I would like look at them and be like, whatever. Uh, but now I'm like, I'm seeing a future where like in a handful of weeks, in just a couple of weeks, I will be fully vaccinated. And girl, if Miss CDC doesn't keep telling us once you're vaccinated, you can do whatever the fuck you want, we're, we're going to be in trouble. There's going to be a fucking here. problem. Uh, and so I started like over the past week, I've been like messaging people. And girl, the sexy talk on these apps is really popping off. And then oh, it's like okay well when are you thinking and then then the the like the well i have my second vaccine shot in one week and then we'll have to wait two weeks for it to so it goes from like really hot to like very logistical and then you're like nah, we probably won't talk about this again i don't know maureen have you ever have had a gentleman over and then like had to explain a wig um, I've had gentlemen that after I've taken the wig off, they've left. Oh! <laughs> oh no! But why? Oh. Why would they leave? They're into that purple people oh. eater. That's what they're looking for. I guess that's oh that's what they wanted. Um, I've that's also, how Jackie B gets it. I mean, I've I've kept it on in in cases too. Like, I don't even know if it's like. It's not even, it doesn't even have anything to do with the genitalia. I think certain people just like fucking a clown, I guess. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? That's so funny. (laughs) I have heard that to be true. This one, this one guy, I, I was like, okay, because we, we had some wine. We were, we did some blow. Um, and... (laughs) Uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to go get ready. I'm going to take all like my makeup off and my wig off. And he's like, okay. And he's waiting in my living room. (laughs) And I go to the bathroom and I take everything off and I come out and he's like, yeah, I got to (laughs) go. But prior to that, it was clear there was going to be sex. Yeah. We, we had been like, like making out and stuff. And then he was like, yeah, too. I mean, I don't know. He could have just been really like, Maybe he was too drunk, or it was the wig. It, it was, was the wig. wig. It was the Mama, wig. It the was purple the wig. wig. One time after a night of uh, being in drag, I had taken my makeup off, but we had all still gone out and partied. And I went back to this man's house, and I was like, "I'm going to take a shower before we do this." And he goes, "No, don't." I and I was like, "But I smell. Everything smells like I was like in pats. Like it's really gross." And he's Ooh. like, "Yeah, no, don't. It's fine." And I was like, "For me." For me for to me, enjoy what's gonna it's happen, not fine. I, I'm taking a shower. It's gonna be a 15 minute shower. It's gonna be a deep scrub down there. I don't I, like to me. I didn't realize that like a lot of people really just like the stank of it all too. Yeah, like had he smelled you before that <laughs> moment? <laughs> yeah, we had made out. So I had done a show and I took my makeup off in the basement. In your city. And then we had gotten, uh, like, gone to the jackhammer and, like, Mm -hmm. went and I ate fried chicken upstairs uh, and then went downstairs and watched people have sex. And then we went back to his house and he wanted me to not shower. And I said, I'm going to wash this bussy. Ooh. Yeah, because some some people do have, like, a good stink, though. I'm not saying, like, gross. This is no good over here. It it was, like, post-pad. Like, post-all-night sweating, being corseted. Like, I still think I had, like, the runs in my body, you know, from wearing the corset tight. Yeah. Whenever it gets like that, I always think to myself, like, you may like the scent. Like, you may... You're not going to like the flavor. Listen. (laughs) You, yes, you may be wired in a way where this funk really gets you going. But Diva, you could get sick if you lick up in here. Yeah, you could, you could you get could. Giardia. Bacteria, yeah, Giardia shit like All that. Right, I'm, not, I'm not that dirty down there. Honey, well, you, jock you itch in your mouth. <laughs> what do they want to suck on your toes? You got athlete's foot that week. He can get a wart on his tongue. Yeah, you asked. <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> 
Aren't some people into like dick cheese? Yes. Yes. Like, do they eat it? Do they fry them like cheese curds? They put it on a Ritz cracker. (laughs) The worst of all crackers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like Brie. Okay. Well, on on that note, you asking us about dick cheese. Maybe we'll call the episode. (laughs) Aren't people into dick cheese? Uh, (laughs) Maureen, thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you. This was so fun. So people can follow you at Maureen San Diego. Wait, are you from San Diego? No. Cool. Wait, how did you how did you choose San Diego's last name? You just thought it sounded fancy? Um, it kind of reminded me of like those like Las Vegas comedians that would have like a city as like a last name, you know? Like 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 I can't think of one right now. Like, um like Maureen's David Chicago. <laughs> like, you know, Mel Toronto or some I don't know, but uh but it was like a Carmen San Diego thing. Like maybe oh. Maureen. Yeah. Like maybe Maureen was like her overbearing stage mother, and that's why she left and then had to be a Just, vagabond around the and world. Then had to find her. Where in the, in the world, world is Maureen San Diego? San Diego. Well, Find Maureen, well, I'll tell you where in the world she is, on Instagram, at At Maureen San Diego. (laughs) And you can buy merch at MaureenSanDiego.com. And when Lori Lightfoot, well, I guess she already opened things up in Chicago, so you can probably go see Maureen in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, Do you got shows coming up? I had a show, well, I don't have anything oh i do have a show i'm doing it's a digital show i'm doing tito shoto sorry not shoto (laughs) (laughs) tito soto's princess on i think it's april 26th amazing that show's always so fun Mm mm-hmm well, we did it, Meatball. Thanks so much for Thanks listening so much to Sloppy, Sloppy Seconds. Second. You can follow us on Instagram, Instagram at Sloppy, Sloppy Pod. Send you can send us an email at sloppysecondspod at gmail.com or call in with your fuck talk story to 213 You can follow Big Dipper Jelly and Spiciest Meatball on Instagram or Fat Drag Meatball on Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode which come out every Tuesday and Friday. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving us your time, Maureen. Yes, this was fun. I love how we talked about abortion for like an hour. Me too, (laughs) honestly. Yeah, more people need to know about it. There's a lot of abortion, but I didn't get the wicked question. The only one I prepared for, but that's oh, that's wait, fine. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, you prepared? Did you stop? Did you stop recording? No, I didn't. Okay. Have you seen Wicked? Do you know Wicked? Have you ever heard it? I I have heard it. I used to listen to Wicked on CD. Like, <gasps> is it is it a cassette or like a Walkman? On a Walkman, like just around my house. And if my parents were gone, I would like sing the entire intro, like of of Wicked. But which goes like what? It? Hold on. Which goes like what? Um. Uh. She, she's dead. <laughs> Good Wickedest witch there ever was. The enemy of all of us are here in Oz. Is dead. Good news. Let us be glad. Let us be thankful. Let us rejoiceify that good news could subdue the wicked workings of you know who. Wait a We didn't even ask. Did you go to school for voice? Uh, musical theater, but. Oh, like, okay. Yes. What were your, what were your, fi- I mean, were, did you ever get a lead? With a voice like that, I could see it. Yeah, me um, too. Yeah, I, like, in high school, it's so fun. I played Marion the Librarian, if oh, you know. Oh, I know. If you know, you know, and if, I know. If you know, you know. <laughs> um, and the Wells Fargo wagon is, is a, a Coming down the street, oh please, won't it be for me? It could be something. I always thought that song Miss Marion could have turned into a pop song. Miss Marion, Madam Library, right? Isn't that from it? Marion, like a house beat over it. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was a bibbity boppity bop.
What about Shapoopy as like Girl. a Disney? Oh. Shapoopy. 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 The boy who's hard. People, this is when people stop listening. Completely. <laughs> no, no, we're putting we this whole you. section after the credits. Let me tell you what. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. This is going in the middle. Wait, so any other musicals? Because I was in Music Man and I played Mr. No. Who did I play? No, I played... you were in Anne Frank. No, but I was also in the Music Man <laughs> and I was in the opening scene being like, we got to get him, got to get him, got to whatever oh, that, that song is. Yeah, oh, so And I think random. they gave it to me because I was dark and they didn't want to give me the lead. And it was a song that was on beat that was almost like a rap. I'm not saying much about Texas, but I am saying they're racist. Did you Have you listened to the song, I Just Want to Be a Star from Nonsense? I feel like you would perform the fuck out of that song. I haven't heard that one. That's different from the one that's like, I'm a star. Yeah, it's different from that one. Because that I, one's from Smash, Let Me Be Your Star. Let Me Be Your Star. From NBC Smash. That's a little flat. <laughs> There's... I saw someone tweet recently <laughs> a picture just got unverified. unverified on Twitter. <laughs> 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 that means it's been done. All right, we got it. Okay, we got to go. We got to go. All right, all right. All right. We already did the episode. outro. Thanks, Maureen. Bye, Bye. Maureen. Bye. Do do forever dog. To listen to Sloppy Seconds ad-free and one day early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Sloppy Seconds is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted by Big Dipper and Meatball. Music, editing, and sound design by William Pitt. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Joe Cilio, Brett Boehm, and Alex Ramsey. Our artwork was drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey. 